Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. We have a solo episode today. Uh, I did an Ask Me Anything poll question thing on Instagram earlier and uh, wanted to see what you guys wanted to ask me and I was going to answer the questions on this podcast. Got some really good questions and a couple of questions that I haven't gotten before, which was really fun because these ones uh, require a little bit more in-depth stories and uh, some personal experiences and stuff. So it was uh, it was cool. I, I'm, I'm excited to go over these questions with you guys. Uh, before we get into that, I just unveiled today, I will put the link in the show notes, but applications are live for the next round of the Nomad Strength Foundations program, a 10-week program. Uh, we did a little teaser video or podcast of it um, a week or so ago. However, if you go to the link in the show notes, you'll have the, the full web page that outlines all of it, uh, gives you all the info and the link for the application to the program is on there. It's an amazing program that I'm, I'm really proud of and a lot of work and a lot of testing has gone into it. We've had several uh, different groups of guys all go through it and, and have had just awesome results that I'm so excited to share and uh, would love to have the next group full and just have more awesome result stories to share. So go check that out. Um, and let's dive in to the Ask Me Anything. Let me pull up my actual phone here to pull up how the questions are worded. There was some really good, like I said, uh, ones that I don't often get asked about. So the first one was kind of funny. It actually wasn't one that I need to spend a lot of time on. Um, but I prefaced the post by saying, you know, hey, we got a lot of new people around here, meaning, you know, had a decent influx of new followers on Instagram in the last, you know, couple of months. And 
so I said, that's why I wanted to do this. A lot of people maybe just coming in and not know much about what we're doing, just started following. So that's why I like to do these Ask Me Anythings every so often. And one of them uh, just said, uh, what the heck, didn't you have like 1,500 followers a month ago? And it was kind of funny because that's not entirely inaccurate. Uh, it has pretty much doubled in about two months, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, that wasn't one. I just thought that was funny. I wanted to mention that. So the first actual question um, is worded. In starting the online portion of your business, how did you first bring in clients? This is a really good question. Um, the And it's got many answers. So I'm going to try to do this in a way that is helpful rather than just saying all the things that I did. I'd rather explain my thought process and doing a couple of them. So when I left the physical gym world to do full-time online stuff, I was fortunate in the sense that I had several of my in-person clients that were willing to make the jump with me and go straight to doing online stuff. So right off the bat, I had a handful of clients that were very helpful to me and gave me a little bit of breathing room in getting something going. I wasn't starting completely from zero. Um, but as far as the things that I knew I needed to have, you know, I needed to have a way to deliver programming to clients. I've tried several different software things. I've done Google Docs. I've done all that stuff. Um, it's all just trial and error. Like what you like to use, you know, your, your clients have to have a way to train and they have to have a way to get your workouts and your coaching, right? So from a technological perspective, there's things that you need to get dialed in. And it doesn't have to be anything where it's like a software you have to pay for. If all you want to do is write on an, ex, on a, on a Excel sheet or a spreadsheet, send them the workouts the old-fashioned way, and then just schedule calls, like that's a that's a perfectly fine way to do it, especially when you're starting out. Um, I've done several different iterations of softwares that I use. I currently use Train Heroic. I just like the features that it gives. It allows me to program a template for groups of people at once, which is very helpful for things like the Foundations program or the regular uh, Savage Group program, which is my men's coaching group that I run. And uh, I just like a lot of the features that that does. So um, if there's any questions about any of this stuff I'll go over, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram because I can go more in depth on some of that technical stuff that probably isn't super interesting to listen to on a podcast. But uh, other than that, one of the things that I really paid attention to and wanted to make sure that I did was find a coach myself or a mentor. Um, I went a long time trying to do the lone wolf. I can figure it all out on my own. And I, you know, I can figure a lot of stuff out. I'm not going to lie about that. I could do it. And what having a coach did was cut that time down for me to make all those mistakes. And it's the same reason that we have coaches in our programming, right? Like you could theoretically learn all of the stuff that you need to learn about training and program your own workouts, or you can hire a coach to program your workouts who is trained to look at you and understand what you need and do that stuff for you. If that's not something you want to spend the work on to do, it's the same reason we have coaches in business too. So I had a couple of different coaches. Um, I went through a few different programs. A couple of them were extremely helpful. I went to the Strong Coach program that uh, Mike Bledsoe put together. I had Mike on the podcast last July. It was a great program. Uh, helped me a ton in the early stages of the online thing, uh, especially understanding what specifically I was wanting to do. I mean, that's the other part of the online training thing, right? It's such a vague and broad um, 
industry, like you just said, I, I train online, right? Well, who do you train? Why do you train these people? What problems specifically are you solving for them, right? Like these are all kind of questions to solve and ask yourself in a business because there's the the moniker that, you know, if you try to catch all the fish by throwing a net and, it, or, you know, I'm going to butcher it, but if, if you throw a net out trying to catch all the fish, you're not going to catch any fish, right? Um, you got to look for the one that you're trying to fish for, right? And in this instance, it's you got to look for the one that is uh, the client that you love working with the most. Uh, find out what that client's or what that population's biggest problems are and find a way to solve those problems. And, you know, if in, and they can be specific as you can, right? Because if you're looking for someone who just says, oh, I help with weight loss. Well, there's a million people that say they help with weight loss. Why are you any different, right? But if you're helping a very specific type of person solve a very specific problem, right? You are going to be, you're going to be uh, viewed as, you know, more so of an authority in that person's mind because you're like, oh, they're speaking directly to me about this. So I would encourage, uh, I would encourage you to find out, you know, who it is that you love to work with. And then when you find that person, ask them, you know, like literally ask them, like, what are the problems that you're having the most, uh, trouble with, with your health, with your, with your nutrition, whatever it is that you want to coach them on. Like, what are the main problems you can have? What are the problems I can solve for you? And once you find those and you find the way to, to solve those problems, bam, you've, you've given them literally exactly what they've asked for. So now you can begin to build programs around that. So there's a lot of different ways to approach this, but honestly, one of the best pieces of advice I got from one of my coaches was always continue to ask clients and potential clients, uh, what it is that they actually want. Like, what do they want to see from you in terms of content? What's helpful for them? What kind of things uh, are helpful for them in your coaching practice? Uh, you know, you don't want to let them necessarily just take the reins and tell you how to do business, but they're going to tell you the types of things that they want to have solved. And you can then begin to do the old, give them what they want, but sneak in what they need type of approach, which is something that if you're a coach or a trainer, you're probably very familiar with that phrase. Um, but that's the way that I have found to be the most effective, at least for the way that I operate my online business. Um, it, you know, I, there are a lot of great resources out there that can do, uh, very, very intense stuff on the marketing side of things, you know, growing, growing Instagram accounts or growing YouTube channels, you know, into the tens of thousands and then having a much bigger direct audience to apply for, you know, uh, or you can just have actual conversations with people that follow you and ask them and, and say like, Hey, what, what things are you having trouble with? And have those conversations. Not only that, it makes you seem like more of a real person. Anyways, they'll, they'll open up, they'll tell you, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Like, perfect. I can, I think I can help out with that. So, um, my, my biggest piece there would probably be to like really just get to know the people that you're wanting to work with and understand on a very deep level, what problems you're, they're having and then what ones you're able to solve for them. So uh, that was essentially my first maybe year was going through a lot of that process and dialing a lot of that stuff in. And it's always something that's kind of still evolving. Like it, where I'm at right now is probably not, and I hope it's not, where I'm going to be in even a year. Uh, but the principles of it are are the same. Whether or not the actual outcome and the end product looks dissimilar or not, um, 
that's a that's a different thing. But the, the principles by which I, I built a lot of this stuff haven't changed for a couple of years. You know, but it's an always evolving thing. Business is an always evolving thing, especially when you're on the on in your in the online space, right? Because things are moving really fast. You got to understand uh, a lot of the things that people's attention and uh, you know, there's just so many factors. So find somebody that is a coach in this space that helps other coaches build their businesses, find one that aligns with what it is that you are wanting to do and go learn from that person. I mean, I'm telling you, it's worth it uh, tenfold to to get somebody to help you do this stuff from the beginning then wait two or three years in and then get them to help you fix all the things that you did incorrectly, right? So that was that one. Good question. Fun one to answer. Um, the other question that I wanted to go over was also another really cool one. Uh, so who would you consider your biggest influences on your coaching and slash programming are? Um, I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer that differently for both of those things because the way I coach and the way I program have different influences. Um, so let's start with the programming. Uh, there are two that I would say have had the biggest impact on me since I began this in 20, late 2013, 2014, I don't remember, somewhere around there. Uh, the first is Julian Pinot. Uh, Julian is the founder of Strong Fit. Uh, one of the more just philosophically brilliant training minds I've ever come across. Uh, he's one of the people that, you know, we always say nothing is new or um, nobody's created anything. He is one of those people that actually has created some stuff. And he's actually at this point kind of still fairly under the radar. If you're in kind of the CrossFit or strongman world, you may have heard him or have been familiar with him even uh, tangentially through like people who have podcasts in that space. He's been on a bunch of podcasts. He used to be on Wadcast all the time. He was on Shrugged a handful of times. Um, so he's connected through a lot of those communities. But his approach to training and how it relates everything into the nervous system uh, and the way that he's developed this, this system over the last handful of years, it's been pretty remarkable to see. And it's one of those situations. I've, I've mentioned him several times on the podcast. He has a podcast called Strong Fit Podcast. I would recommend any trainer or coach. You're going to have to start at the beginning. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like you have to start at the beginning. Otherwise, the context for what happens in episode 50 and what he's talking about, he's already four steps past what he established in episodes one through 10. And uh, his his way of thinking is so awesome. And uh, it's just so fun to watch his mind work and what comes out of the results of that. Uh, it's it's amazing. I, I've done several cycles of his programming and aid for uh, jujitsu and aid when I was doing some more powerlifting style stuff and just wanting to increase strength. Some of the best results I ever had. And it's just his concepts of how the body works in systems utilizing its nervous your nervous system and it's amazing so i have incorporated several things of his principles into uh the way that i coach um and it, it's 
from a studying standpoint, he's had a very large effect also um, because he spends massive amounts of time actually studying research on all these things. And then he applies it and sees if it follows with what he, and, and you know, it's what you would imagine a, a scientist to actually do. And he's not a doctor or anything like that. He's just a dude who loves the train and he tests all the stuff out and balances it against his own theories. And a lot of times, uh, I'm not gonna say every time, but a lot of times he actually ends up right in a lot of this stuff. And uh, it's pretty cool. So Julian Pinot is one. Um, the other, uh, probably no surprise if you know me and have known me for the last couple of years, um, done several podcasts talking about him. Uh, but my late friend Terrence uh, was probably the other one who has influenced my programming more than anybody. Uh, he really got to me at a good time when I was kind of struggling with, you know, this kind of what type of coach am I kind of a thing. And uh, he helped me to see the simplification of a lot of this and how sometimes just a few movements done perfectly with a crap ton of reps can bring about unbelievable change, right? And so it's, and there was a lot other stuff, there was a lot more stuff that I learned from Terrence other than just the programming thing, but I did an entire episode with Brandon talking about that. So, um, I'm not going to get into all of that again on this one, but from a programming standpoint, Terrence's sort of like brutally simple and elegant style of training uh, has stuck with me for several years, for a few years now. Ever since I I, I met him and and came connected to him, I was immediately drawn to the the style of training that he that he loved and and programmed for his clients. And uh, he helped me a ton with a lot of that stuff. And so it was, and he helped me understand why he put things the way that they did, why he was focusing on certain movement patterns and how he was adjusting for imbalances. Uh, It was all very helpful at a time I really needed it. And so it really did kind of um, influence how I view programming a lot. And I used to make it like this, I used to make it like this very, I had to have every single rep of every single set, you know, across all domains for every individual person have a very specific answer for why we had to do it in this many things, right? And not, and that's not to say that that approach is wrong. It depends on who you're working with, right? The people that, I, and I know several coaches that follow a, an approach similar to that and they work with very high level athletes where that's required, right? Um, for most people who are just training to stay healthy and get strong and build some muscle, like you just got to learn how to suffer and make it suck a little bit every once in a while. Not to say every workout has to suck, but you got to push into some places where you're going to adapt and weird, large numbers of reps are going to do that for most people. And uh, it doesn't have to take a lot of movements. It doesn't have to take a lot of implements. It can be very simple. It can be a, you know, a five exercise circuit that you do for 10 rounds and that takes you 40 minutes to complete and you're just wrecked at the end and you're better for it at the end. And there are some of those that have definitely made their way, that style has definitely made its way into the way that I program for a lot of stuff. And uh, there's that, that's a good reason for it is it works and it helps and and it had more to do, I think, with just the time in life that I, that uh, Terrence came into my life, why it was so impactful. Um, I was, I was just really struggling with how I was going to, how I was going to coach and who I wanted to be as a coach. And I was, you know, it was at the, 
pretty early stages of the online thing for me. And so I wasn't sure how I was going to translate what I was doing in the gym to online. And uh, it was just the perfect time for him to kind of swoop in and be like, hey, uh, this is what I'm doing. And he was so helpful for that. So uh, Terrence would be the second as far as the programming aspect is concerned. As far as the coach is concerned, there's two. Um, the coaching and, and there's one that was a personal coach of mine. And then there's another who I actually didn't, uh, I didn't know on a very personal level, but he was someone who I had messaged a a handful of times back and forth with. And it is another person who has sadly uh, passed away at a far too young age. Um, But also I'll, I'll talk about him first, but his approach to training as a, you know, just more like a sponge. He was an extremely smart, extremely strong uh, powerlifter. He trained at Westside for a little bit. His name was Chris Moore. And uh, he was an extremely strong dude, but he was so open to learning all of the different things about all different types of training methods and methodologies and principles that that was really what I took away from all the ways that I listened to him. I watched his videos. He was, if you don't know who he is, he was one of the original hosts of Barbell Shrugged. Um, I've, I've had two of the other hosts on the show and Anders Varner and Mike Bledsoe, um, Mike and Chris, and then Doug Larson were the original three. And Chris passed away in 2016. Uh, so wow, that's crazy coming up on like six years now, but, um, his his view on training it's just like hey we're going to we're going to try all this stuff and we're going to find what works and i'm not going to be settled into any dogma of powerlifting or weightlifting or crossfit or bodybuilding or any or whatever it is uh because that really tends to happen in fitness is somebody gets really settled into their ways the best way and uh everything about chris was the opposite of that even though he came from powerlifting and strongman type stuff uh, he was always open to trying different methodologies. And in the handful of times that I did message and reach out to him and ask him questions, he was unbelievably helpful and kind. And uh, and so his approach on training, like view, viewing training as a whole rather than a single method was really like what became more of a impactful thing for me. And so that's why Chris is on there. And then the the final one, I did two for each. I did two for programming, two for coaching. There's far more than this, by the way, but I didn't want to spend two hours doing this. Uh, so the other one was a personal coach of mine. He was my uh, head track coach my first couple of years, my first three years in uh, college. I say first three years. I only was there for four years, but he was there for three years. He was not there the fourth year. Um, but he is at the, uh, he's at Colorado State University in Pueblo now. And uh, his name is Matt Morris. And from a coaching perspective, and this was, and this is strictly on the how he relates to people, to his athletes that he coaches. Um, had the he had the like the best the best impact on me in terms of watching him work with other people. Like it was one of the coaches where I'm like, okay, that dude actually knows how to coach, right? Like he knows how to get the best stuff out of people. And so watching him was just really cool to absorb and his ability to connect with people um, and still hold, because that's that, it's a really strange dichotomy when you're a coach. You want to build a really strong relationship with the person that you're coaching. And that can sometimes turn into like a friendship almost. And the balance is 
you want to still establish yourself as a coach because if you are just now friends with a person, you sort of lose the accountability or the authority to that person to be like, hey, this guy's still my coach. Uh, I still respect what he does. And I, you know, he's, he's looking out for me as my best. And not just like he's my buddy, because then you can kind of, you know, not to say people blow off their friends, but it becomes easier to do that when you're not necessarily feeling like you're accountable to a friend as you would a coach. And so that's this balance that's like any coach will tell you, like, it's this really difficult. And sometimes maybe it's not difficult for people, but it was difficult for me for a long time. But uh, one thing I can say is it was one of the best things ever to like see how, how cool he could be and how much he could relate to all of us. And then at the same time, you're like, okay, this is, this is, he's our guy. He's still our coach. Um, and he had that, he kind of commanded that respect and, and told us what was up. And he always told us exactly what he was thinking and, uh, never minced words about any of it. And it hurt some people's feelings sometimes, but I was always in the camp of like, Hey, people need to hear that kind of stuff. Um, and so there was so many stories and so many lessons I learned from him specifically, uh, that I, you know, and he, he won't ever hear this. You know, he basically doesn't have any kind of social media at all. Uh, he gave up on that a long time ago. Um, but he, he had a, arguably the most influence on me from a coaching perspective. And it, it all had to do with the relationship aspect of it. Um, one of my favorite, if not my favorite coaches I've ever had. And so, uh, yeah, that was that. Um, if he does hear this, I love you, man. I miss you. And, uh, Hope all, hope all is well. So uh, that was the two questions that I wanted to to go over with you guys. I really loved them because, the, you know, these were ones I could go into a little bit and uh, not necessarily just have to rapid fire through a bunch of like, what's your top five, whatever lists. Um, those are still fun sometimes, but these are really fun to go over. So uh, that's the episode for today, for this week, for the solo. Um, go and check out the Nomad Foundations program. I'll put the link in the show notes and... Uh, Stay tuned. We've got some dope interviews coming up next week. Mm-hmm.